I think a lot of this battle is an awareness of who the Father is and what His ways are, which get us out of ignorance. You know, ignorance and stupidity are not the same thing. Ignorance is just not knowing. It's that, and it's being willing to develop a different template that may ruffle some feathers. Encouraging, inspiring, and equipping leaders. This is Coach and Joe. Hey, everybody. God is the greatest innovator of all time, and I do believe prophetically that God is calling local church houses to be more innovative, more into their cities, more entrepreneurial. What if God is actually this end-time model? What if true apostolic leaders are actually headed to the marketplace? If we make too many assumptions, there's a, a gap between the priestly and the kingly. What if the two are becoming one? What if money is not evil? We're going to talk about some of these conversations with Coach and Joe today with Andy Stone. Welcome to Coach and Joe. My name is Chad Norris here with Andy Stone. You are a priest and a king. That sounds so dramatic. It's like, good Lord, what does <laughs> I love saying it though. So it makes me laugh. You love uh, priestly ministry. You love the house of God. You also love this entrepreneurial mindset, starting businesses, driving economy, blessing the city. You've carried it. You carried it in Sheffield. All right, I'll tell you a story. The father had me do something a little bit odd years ago, and I didn't know why until really this past season. He told me to go to Palo Alto, and he wanted me to pick up a rock from Facebook, Google, and Apple, throw it into the ponds here. We have two ponds here at the garden. And I said, okay. He didn't tell, while I was out there, he didn't tell me why. When I, when I got back, I was like, whoa. And he said, it's a blessing of innovation that's going to be on this house. So this church is turning into an Antioch. Give me a 60-second flyby. What does that mean, Acts 13? So the church was birthed in Jerusalem, um, and then it moved up to Antioch, Acts 11, 13. Uh, what, what was significant about Antioch was it was where the Gentiles began to give their lives to Jesus. And so there was a level of diversity there that could never have been the case in Jerusalem because that was mostly Jews there. Talk about the commerce Talk about the entrepreneurial spirit, yeah. the diverse city. The it was the third largest city in the world at the time. Uh, it had um, key roads <clears throat> going going out to China, um, crossing into different territories. Commerce, vibrant city, um, integration of cultures. Um, so, <coughs> very influential: Rome, Greece, um, China, Jerusalem. Very important city. A lot of times when people think about priestly ministry, church staff in America, uh, pastoral ministry, it's almost as though money's an off-limits subject. One of the things that we're seeing here in this Antioch is this entrepreneurial spirit take root. So five years passed throwing those rocks into the ponds. You're seeing uh, people like me, you, others, who have been in pastoral ministry for a long time, start LLCs, start looking at marketplace leadership as the in-game pathway of what the Lord Jesus Christ is doing before his return. The early church started with marketplace leaders. Fascinates me. And I believe until his return, you're going to the next move of God is not going to come from pastoral, what we know as church leadership. It's going to come from marketplace leaders just like Simon Peter, Andrew, James, John, etc. I think Andy, a lot of people are scared of this conversation simply not out of uh, like rebellion or it's just ignorance. 
I, I I was told, I know you grew up in Zimbabwe in England. When you assume you make a ASS out of you and me, ASS, you and me. Did you ever hear that? No. So don't, Hey, don't ever assume cause it makes a out of you and me. Mm-hmm. The, there's a lot of assumptions in both worlds. Yep. There's a lot of assumptions that, that, you know, people in, in the business world, they're not really known as intercessors or people that would be comfortable developing a culture of prayer in their business. Well, says who? Cause that's not true. Biblically, it's yep. not true with Jesus, prophet, priest, king. I think we make a lot of assumptions that for church leaders out there that you're full of greed if you, as a pastor, uh, start a couple of businesses. Mm-hmm. Well, says says who? I think a lot of this battle is an awareness of who the Father is and what His ways are, which get us out of ignorance. You know, ignorance and stupidity are not the same thing. Ignorance is just not knowing. It's that, and it's being willing to develop a different template that may ruffle some feathers, yep. right? Why is it that on all seven continents, people tend to despise change? And it makes people feel uncomfortable. They're not in control. They don't, they're they not sure what's going to happen. There are these transitions that they need to walk through. Um, requires trust. Uh, it's uncertain. So... It's it's part of the faith journey, though. It's you know, three years ago, I'm sitting with you in London. It was unusually warm. We're at some park. I can remember where we were sitting, and I said, "I see a bumpy road ahead of you before you land in the states, but God's going to be with you." You you have authority to speak into trust as much as anyone that I know in my life. I mean, we're covenant brothers. Uh, the visa process for you has been bumpy, but you just got some phenomenal news. Right. Tell tell this story. Well, yeah, the, the the process of us getting to the U.S. was bumpy. We we thought we'd get here much quicker than we did, and so we wanted to step out in faith. We felt this this call to go to the land that I'll show you, and um, and what happened in the midst of that was we we told our church, we told the leaders, we and then the, the whole process seemed to go into slow motion, and so we ended up in a place where we'd sold our house, we'd packed up all our stuff, our kids no longer had schools to be in. And there was still no visa, still no visa, still no visa. And we were we were just in this place of waiting and trusting. It was six months of living by faith uh, until that came through every day thinking, I'm either going to move my whole family across the pond and start a whole new life, or um, I have no job. I better go and find one in a different city. And So trust has to look like something. It looks like something. And, and since we've been here, it's been the opposite journey for us because, I mean, initially we're told okay, it's going to take between 23 and 29 months for you to get your I-360, which, to be honest, was a bit scary because my eldest turns 21 before the end of that 29-month process. And so I'm looking at him as a 19-year-old going, uh, according to the website, you might get deported. Um, I'll come with you. It'll be okay. And, you know, he was like, Dad, I'll trust, I'll trust the father whatever happens but as a dad i'm thinking okay we might need to leave and and what they told us was if he does leave it's a six-year process then of application before you get back in i told him one day i started laughing at him i said caleb you're in a pickle <laughs> yes he said what is that I, abba will put us in pickles yeah because he's the only way out 
Exactly. And then you get some phenomenal news. Yeah, so we we then got news that it, it had actually only taken six months for this process to happen for us, which is a phenomenal miracle, six months instead. Two years earlier than it was supposed to. In, yeah, a minimum of 23 months, and we got it in six. So I think, what if what if it's this simple? We don't like change because we have to trust. With financial capital, it can be a little bit dangerous to teach that uh, 10% of your money is God's. That's not true. No. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Psalm 24, 1. Uh, he may tell you to sell your business. He may tell you to sell it all. Yep. He may tell you. I, I love Robert Morris's story, the pastor at Gateway Church. He read the book Blessed Life. <laughs> if, if God owns everything, that's, then it's his. But what if the Father is asking those in the marketplace and those in uh, pastoral ministry, as the as the bridge is gapped, what if he's asking us to be open to a new model of what we used to call ministry? Why is it ministry in some church building, but it's not ministry what you're doing with customers? Mm -hmm. It's all walking in intimacy with the Father, loving on people, blessing people. There's nothing wrong with money. Money's not the root of all evil. Yeah. Innovation's not the root of all evil. Greed is, it's the love of money, it's the the flesh. Yeah. What if, I'm telling you, I really feel the Lord on this, and I just preached on this at our Fire in the Carolinas gathering. I'm telling you, this end time move of God's going to be led by marketplace leaders. Yeah. yeah. Do you know that you can have $1 billion and it not own you? Yeah. Really? Well, I think the marketplace leaders have been tested more in this. I was talking to the Father a few months ago, and he said, you don't see tests the same way I do. Because we, we often, we think, oh no, I'm in a test. Um, and and it's, it's the worst thing because we remember our school tests that we had. And the father said to me, you don't see them the same way as me. He said, tests for me, I love giving you tests. Because what they do is they produce trust in you. And mm -hmm. I think often what's happened for marketplace leaders is that they've taken the tests on how to do finance well. They've 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 often worked hard, engaged with the father, prayerfully trusted as they've stepped out, and they've learned how to steward finance well in a way that church leaders haven't. And so they have then an authority to steward finance well. Um, and church leaders, I believe the father wants to to expand our mindset to understand on a different level how he runs kingdom economics. We don't like traveling light. Right. And you got to be careful uh, with financial cap capital conversations because if it's not driven by spiritual capital, the more money, if the if, if more money gets heavy in your pockets, the devil can really get you. Yes. But you know, you can have more money. You don't even know it's in your pockets. Yeah. Travel light. So the Lord divided them out in twos. Yeah. Sent them out and said, take nothing with you. Yes. You can, you can be worth, you can be Elon Musk and take nothing with you. Yeah. Do you know how much money Elon Musk is going to leave behind when he, when he leaves his body? All of it. All of it. See, but a lot of times you hear people on the priestly side of things bash that. <clears throat> no, I'm not bashing at all. Matter of fact, I think it'd be amazing. What if uh, 400 of the 500 Fortune 500 CEOs, what if they were spirit-filled believers, prayed in tongues at staff meetings, had a culture of prayer in their business? Go, go make so much money, you make the devil nervous. Mm -hmm. But I'm just saying, it, the gold coins can manifest and it become lighter. Yeah. And you know what helps with that? Fear the Lord. Yes, Absolutely. Andy, I know a lot of wealthy people. I've been around a lot of wealthy people recently. I've known for a long time. They will tell you if they were sitting here, uh, financial capital doesn't bring peace. No. 
But see, that's not the point of where I want to go today. My point is this. Don't become so religious that in our ignorance, we assume that increase in financial capital is dangerous or or even demonic or prideful. No, I personally believe you should be wealthy in all five capitals. Yep. And uh, I believe if we're not growing, something's wrong. The greatest innovator in the history of the galaxies lives in me. Yep. He invented the earth. He invented you. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Yeah. There's a spirit of innovation in all of us that's just waiting to be unleashed. That may not look like me becoming the next Elon Musk, for heaven's sakes, but you know what it does look like? Uh, I sat my family down last June. I said, guys, listen, I know we've been following God and our family. That's what we do. And I, I, I remember where we were sitting. I said, the Father's showing me that I am about to start a real estate investing company-ish. I'm not sure what I'm doing, but we're going for it. And they just looked at me of like, all right, well, a year later, you know, it takes capital to grow anything. And I didn't realize what the Lord was doing. We rarely do. But when he told me to sell my house, I had started building some capital to start this thing he was telling me to start. I don't have all the details, but what I do have is God is with me. And I am noticing that the more and more I surrender, the more the capital is increasing to plan it in. It's not the most innovative thing in the world. Plenty of other people are doing it. But for me, it's a new paradigm. Yeah. I'm busting out of an old wineskin. Yeah. And and why, why why can't an overseer of a religious organization and now school and college uh, go go make millions in investing in businesses, real estate, stocks, precious metals? Yeah. He's, he, here's why. Because we just assume you're just supposed to not do that. Mm-hmm. What if we didn't tax the local church uh, like like we do? I'm being you know I'm using metaphorical language. What if the people that led this Acts 13 Antioch around here, what if you're getting your income from multiple streams outside the house? Yep. Your son had a dream two nights ago. I've been preaching this for seven years yep. you're about this place. Your son had a dream two nights ago, and the first fruits from the local church was the lowest budget, Other and we had other income-generating streams, yes. media world, school world. Yep. I, I think it's biblical. Yes. Well, Jesus is Jesus. Yes. And it's Paul. Uh, Paul made tents. And in those days, tents were in huge demand because many people had been thrown out by the Romans. And so they needed a place to stay. So Paul was in a very lucrative business in making tents. And, you know, he did it alongside others. He built family around building those tents. And so there were other times where churches supported him as he went to places. He took up offerings from churches to take that back to Jerusalem. Money was money was imp- is important for ministry, um, and learning how to steward it well is is essential for the priests. Well, I bless you that you would get out of all small thinking. I know I'm on that journey. God's grace is real, but God's grace flows to the lowest places, and what happens is our heart gets lower and our minds get bigger. God's not a pauper. I don't want to be. Uh, beware if you're in church leadership, you start having these conversations, you will trigger every religious spirit within 115 miles of you. And that's okay. It really is. Uh, Jesus exists uh, to put us in tension because it's in tension where we grow. So maybe you need to stop making some assumptions. Maybe it's time to, to, to stop limiting God in any way in your thinking. Go in peace. God bless. Thanks for joining us on the Coach and Joe Leadership Podcast. 
Don't miss the Coach and Joe talk show on YouTube and check out coachandjoe.com for more resources, blogs, and merch. We will see you next time.